three. Anyone with an internet account is technically at risk for a cyber attack. Dr. Michael Nucitelli is a New York State licensed psychologist, and he has been researching online aggressors or eye predators since 2009. He is also the encyclopedic last word on all things cyber psychology. There are 38 cyberbullying tactics that have been called by the doctor. He has provided the general public with a host of resources to recognize and protect oneself from an eye predator. I had the pleasure of interviewing him for my Business Cyberbullies book. I'm so glad to be able to reconnect and introduce him to you. Welcome, doctor. Oh, good afternoon. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. Good day. And hopefully we can help educate some folks about uh, what I call the dark side of cyberspace. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, so what I'm interested to know what got you into studying online predatory behavior? Well, originally back in the early 2000s, goodness, how time flies. Um, I was a forensic psychologist at one point. Uh, my doctoral degree is in clinical psychology, but I also, you know, became incredibly fascinated with what I call the dark side of human consciousness. Um, at one time, I was a practicing psychologist, but on the side, I also was a forensic psychologist. So I was doing conducting evaluations in criminal court, civil court, and family court. And that's when I became, you know, passionate about learning about what I call the dark side. Uh, available at the website. I wrote a concept back in 2006 called Dark Psychology. Uh, it's been about a decade uh, for your for your uh, listeners, your viewers. I've always been fascinated with what we now call, well, what has been called the psychopath, the sociopath. So about a decade ago, I went up to Toronto and uh, I took the, not that I got certified because it was more out of interest, uh, Dr. Robert Hare's psychopathic deviant scale three-day training. So I have always been fascinated with the idea of what we call the psychopath. So as time went on, being a forensic psychologist, researching and learning, you know, trying to be a student of the dark side, religious <laughs> folks will call it evil. Um, I realized to myself is that, well, if I was a deviant, if I was perverted, if I was a criminal, where better to go where I could hide my identity? And that's when the proverbial light bulb went off. And that's when I ended up writing and jotting down and came up with the idea of I Predator. So essentially, I Predator is a dark side of cyberspace concept that makes up eight different types of online aggressors. So a lot of You mentioned to your colleagues way back when um, about this, and they were having trouble grasping the concept of cyberpsychology when you began your research. And a lot has changed since then. Have have is has this branched into um, an actual branch of psychology besides your own office? Well, I. I Cyber psychology is a, is a field of study that, that continues to grow. And obviously, all of us living in the information age, 
uh, I'm assuming with each decade that, that goes by, cyber psychology is going to take on a, a greater amount of time for both research, investigation, and then also the practical, practical application of dealing with patients, clients, the community, uh, dealing with cyber psychology. And what is cyber psychology? It is essentially the study of human behavior as it relates to information technology. My concept, iPredator, uh, deals from a cyber psychological, also somewhat criminological aspect, is the, the individuals that use information technology to molest, steal from, exploit, and harm others. And as I said, there are eight different types of iPredator, but here we are, we're approaching 2020, 22, coming out of, uh, you know, one of the worst pandemics that we've had, you know, since, you know, the, the influenza virus back in 2018. Um, and now we're dealing with this whole new idea of, you know, online abuse and exploitation. So how would you describe a cyber bully? Well, the cyberbully, that's a great question. Of the eight types of, of online assailants, cyberbully or cyberbullying is the only one that is pediatric. All, of, all the others are adult. So what cyberbullying is, it's a pediatric problem. Again, I, I, I don't qualm about, you know, individuals who, adults who say I was cyberbullied. But cyberbullying is pediatric. It is mm. child on child cyber attacks. The adult manifestation of cyberbullying, because as I said, cyberbullying, this is to me, uh, are between children. The adult form would be cyber harassment, internet trolling, and then the worst of the, of the cyber attacks in relationship to adults would be cyber stalking. Mm. So that's four right there. Real quickly, we have cyber criminals, cyber terrorists, and then we move into the darkest of the online assailant, which is the online child predator, and then the online child predator pornography distributor, and uh, you know the distributor and the consumer of online child pornography. So those make up the eight types, or the eight you know, uh, well the eight types of online aggressor, of by predator. So um, how would So are, are all cyber bullies and trolls, uh, cyber, are all these eight individuals, are they all psychopaths? No, no, no. The vast majority of I predators, that's a great question, by the way. We could do a whole show on psychopathy <laughs> and then also up the website. And by the way, you know, as you know, everything at my website is free. It's public mm -hmm. domain and it's educational. But I, under concepts, uh, I introduce the idea of the online psychopath, which is, you know, the, the psychopath, uh, but from an online perspective. And what I did with the online psych uh, psychopath, I took Dr. Robert Hare. He is the father of modern psychopathy. I took the psychopathic deviant scale in addition to some of my own work and I converted it all to the online manifestation of how you would know, not necessarily yourself, but if you're dealing with a psychopath online. 
But the vast majority of eye predators are not psychopaths. Mm. Um, the, child's, uh, the child with cyberbullying, we can't even use the term psychopath. Now, when we talk about psychopath, what is the psychopath? In a nutshell, real quickly, the psychopath is an individual that doesn't experience remorse, does not experience guilt, and experience no shame. But doesn't that describe all of them? <laughs> no, no, not at all. Uh, the cyberbully, uh, the child cyberbully, oftentimes will cyber attack another child because of peer acceptance. As we know with children, as they go through puberty, it's all about being part of a peer group. It's all about being part of being cool. Well, what we know, and this dates back to regular bullying in a pre-information age world, children bully one another to feel good about themselves and because they think they're going to be accepted by others. Mm. So th that, I mean, I guess we could say it's psychopathic. Uh, why else do children bully is because they want to exert their, their, their dominance to show that they have control and power. And I say, as I said, peer acceptance and not that it's an acceptable behavior, but it's understandable through the eyes of understanding the development that a child goes from prepubescent to pubescence puberty, and then eventually through to early adulthood. So it's only a very small percentage of eye predators are psychopathic or, mm -hmm. psych or actual psychopaths. So what's the difference between an internet troll and a predatory troll, or are they the same? Oh, no, they're very different. Thank you for uh, bringing that up. Uh, what we all have been used to is what I call the classic internet troll. Now, the classic internet troll, which has been around since, you know, goodness, the beginning of the internet, I'm assuming. And these are individuals. They tend to be male. And, you know, from my understanding, it's still 80 to 90 percent are us idiot guys that are using information technology. Yeah. But the classic internet troll historically would go into social media, message boards, forums, whatever it may be. And his job was to provoke you, uh, also called flame you, to essentially forgive my New York language, but to piss you off. And once he was able to do that, he could give himself the proverbial, you know, uh, the, the pseudo uh, hat on the back. Hat <laughs> Exactly. Thank you. Um, so, and feel good about himself because he was able to upset you. That is the classic Internet troll. But what I believe and we're seeing it more and more roughly 10 years ago was what I believe is what's called the predatory troll. Now, the predatory troll is by far more dangerous than the Internet troll. The classic internet troll, they would go online and social media just to provoke you and upset you Ooh, and feel good about themselves. <laughs> the predatory troll, what he does, and in often times he will, you know, try to manipulate, encourage others to join him. They will go after, they provoke you. They go after your friends, your family, your business associates. If you're in college, religious organizations, they will go after every aspect of your online and offline life in order to completely character assassinate you. Uh, I've experienced it uh, back mm -hmm. in 2014. 
Uh, I personally experienced it. And it's amazing what the predatory troll will do to completely destroy your, your well, not just your online trustworthiness, but your offline. And essentially, they yeah. try to destroy your career. Um, yeah, I, I can relate to that. Uh, mm -hmm. I've got one of those too, I guess. I guess if that's what it it qualifies itself as. Um, so what percentage of the internet users do you think are iPredators? Well, I would, again, there's, ooh, that again, that's a great question. There's no way to really know. And we're looking at almost the entire planet of, you know, of industrialized nations. Right. Uh, most of us are using information technology on a daily basis. So I would have to say, you know, when they come up with statistics of crime, let's say, how many criminals are there? You know, they always say up to 3% of the general population are engaged in some type of criminal activity, illegal criminal activity. Um, you know, Robert Hare, the father of psychopathy, had, you know, made an estimate as it relates to psychopaths, one to 3% are psychopathic. So to me, I'm willing to say, I tend to think it's, it's higher um, because when we're dealing with eye predators, such mm -hmm. as cyber harassment, such as, you know, low-grade cyber-stalking, cyber-bullying. Well, what do we know? Here in the United States, the freedom of speech and there not being accountability, people are allowed to slander, are allowed to target others, disinform uh, as much as they want. There's no accountability and there's nothing that can be done about it. Yeah. So the vast majority of cyber attacks that occur uh, from I predators, as I hate to say it, is completely legal, unethical, immoral. <laughs> you go as far to say as evil, but it's not criminal. Only mm -hmm. a small percentage is criminal. That's a little depressing. <clears throat> well, it's unfortunate, but you know, I do subscribe yeah. to the notion of freedom of speech. But when it gets to the point when a predatory troll is calling your loved ones, is calling your job, is sending information, that's when it moves into a new realm. But mm -hmm. if an internet troll wants to go on, you know, online and in social media or on internet radio and say that my theories, my website is full of crap, so be it. You know, that is that is his interpretation, his opinion. But when they go to the point of where they're actively trying to destroy your career and right. your way of being able to, to make money to live, to pay the bills, that's a whole different story. And it's happening in greater numbers. The way I know that, I don't have statistics. I can base it on my volunteer work. Um, since I wrote I Predator back in 2010, even as of tonight, um, I have two calls. I have volunteered after work and on the weekend mm -hmm. providing free confidential help to the cyber attack. The vast majority of folks that are calling me are individuals that have been trolled, that have been cyber stalked and have been cyber harassed. A small percentage are parents uh, that are dealing with their children being cyber bullied. Um, I work with attorneys. I have advised teachers, parents, educators, what I can say, uh, Debbie, is that it is growing and the COVID pandemic, because we were all quarantined, 
That has actually accelerated. Again, I don't have raw numbers, but I believe the, the, the quarantine of the pandemic has actually accelerated the percentages of cyberbullying, cyberstalking, cybercrime. And it'll be interesting to see in a couple of years when they actually do research to see, did the COVID pandemic, did it increase all these type of cyber attacks, high predator attacks? I think you kind of nailed it a little bit there too. Like particularly, it's so, I mean, I call it uh, business cyberbullying, but it's it's so rampant in in adults. And, oh my goodness, yes. And, and there, the statistics, I think I've seen a few old statistics like when I was doing my book, um, billions of dollars are lost because of this type of harassment. I mean, I've had, I have a friend who was put on one of those text lists and he was getting thousands, thousands of texts a day on this spam site, porn well, spam I, site. I so there, it's so rampant and that just shuts down your business. Ms. Debbie, I just wanted to say real quick, because you just hit the nail on the head, of the yeah. 42 cyberbullying tactics that I have listed, anybody's free, just remember, because you just said it, is the, although cyberbullying is child-on-child -child cyber attacks, all 42 of the cyberbullying those examples apply to adults. Yeah. What you just said, that's called market list insertion where a child will take another child and sign them up to pornography sites, marketing sites. So now not only online will they get spammed, but offline all of a sudden the family starts receiving hundreds of different uh, periodicals of catalogs um, yeah. ranging from pornographic all the way to just straight garbage that they get in junk mail. And now the parents look to the child and so, you know, and uh, you know what happens to the child. But it's important to note for your, your, your viewers that, you know, when you go on and you look at, if you decide to download the 42, you can download the PDF paper, is understand those 42 uh, adults are doing it to one another. Mm -hmm. One of the things I've always wondered, Debbie, is did the adults teach children how to do this? Or is it the children that are yeah. the adults to be able to cyber attack in a manner that is incredible? Well, that was, that's one of my questions. And, and particularly with what we've been seeing going on in the last four years where, you know, the ugliness has gotten, gotten so out of control and we're going to see some of it today. Um, uh, although the, although this this is timeless information, um, when you see politicians and people in power and people doing this stuff without repercussion, what what is that teaching? I mean, how does that teach the kids that are in the same household, or even not in the same household, and that are looking up to these people? I mean, what does that teach them? That's a great question. I mean, we can go into developmental psychology, child <laughs> psychology, gracious. If there's no accountability, if there are no consequence to one's behavior, what does that teach a child, an adult, a geria? It teaches a human, homo sapien, that it is permissible, it's okay 
to engage in whatever behavior that may be. This is why we're seeing such an increase in online child pornography. This is why we're seeing an increase in cyber stalking and trolling. Um, I mean, goodness gracious, with the cyber criminal activities, I don't have the hard numbers, but they're saying over the next you know, 20 years, it's moving into several trillion dollars yeah. in businesses lost. The other thing, because you, you know, you do a lot of work working with businesses and organizations now, you know, we know about what's called workplace bullying. Well, a percentage of workplace bullying is now moving into the cyber realm. So it's not only what's going on at work there at the physical space, it's now starting to include workplace bullying, but cyber workplace bullying. So when we talk about cyber bullying between children, from an adult standpoint, we can throw that in there, cyber harassment, internet trolling, cyber stalking, but we can also include workplace cyberbullying because it's happening. And I know this because I have volunteered helping people that have been targeted by the supervisor or the supervisor being targeted by the employee, ex-employee that she just fired. Mm. And, and of course, a lot of them are breaking the laws. They're breaking libel laws. I know uh, when I was going through my process, I had listed something like five actual criminal laws in Canada that this person had broken. And I filed a police report, but then police barely knew what email was back then. So it's like, what the hell is... <laughs> You know, what's this? I had like stacks of screenshots mm -hmm. and everything. I had their whole case laid out for them, but there was no teeth. There was nothing you could really do from a legal standpoint unless you sued the person. So for me to sue the person, I had to leave my jurisdiction and and pack up my life to spend my life in a different place suing that person. And, as and I'm like, well, why... Well, and of course, then that would just exonerate, you know, exasperate it and make it even more public and more, you know, ugly. So I thought, well, why should I, you know, <laughs> worsen my life mm -hmm. by doing that? So I think that happens a lot. There's been a very few cases that I know of where the cyber cyber laws have been, um, cyber criminals have been held accountable, but do you see any more teeth to the uh, laws that are no, out there? Is there anything more? No, I don't. And unfortunately, you've kind of summed it up is that right now is that I could, let's say you were my cyber stalker, you were my troll, is that I could take you to court. Obviously, I can't take you to criminal court because you haven't broken the mm -hmm. law. But in a civil court, I have to be able to show in a black and white way how evidentiary, you know, again, I was a forensic psychologist, not an attorney, but I would have to be able to show how your target, you're trolling me, how your harassment online has caused me negative consequences, okay? Um, and presently, I would have to show money's loss, uh, financial mm -hmm. things I've lost because of your targeting. How do you prove that? Yeah, how do you prove it? Am I going to now have to go find my clients or, you know, the consumers who purchase my products and services and have them testify? Oh, I am not buying Dr. Mike's 
product because of what I read about what Ms. Debbie Ellickson said about him. That doesn't happen. We don't have criminal defamation. And as you say, even as we go into 2022, there really is no teeth from a legal perspective. It is unfortunately moving at a snail's pace. And of course, you know, it's, it's like you say, a lot of it, most of them are men and a lot of the targets are women. Yes, um, but if I may, again, I I will strongly say it. it not in, not exclusive. It is strongly men. I, again, I don't. Yeah. I based on my, I would say between eighty to ninety percent. But with the cyberbullying, though, again, which is a pediatric phenomenon, what we're starting to see is that there is a, a change, and now we're starting to see more females targeting other females. Mm. Yeah, because we've had enough of that crap, I guess. So we're starting to be our own criminals. <laughs> Ms. Debbie, if you think about it, in cyberspace, I don't need to have physical attributes. I don't need to be 6'4". I don't need to be big and muscular. <laughs> um, we're not only seeing the cyberbullied, you know, the, the victim now cyberbullying others. Why? Because they don't have to have physical attributes. They don't need to use strength. And because of that, we are starting to see females that are starting to target males and females that are targeting other females. And that is just going to continue. Oh yeah. And this is what's going on living in the information age. I say it all the time. I say it facetiously is welcome to the information age. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, the more active you are on the internet, the more at risk you put yourself in just by having a voice at all sometimes. That is correct. <laughs> and, and what we, maybe at a, at a future show is the concept of internet addiction. Yeah. Um, this is one thing that I learned a lot about in the COVID pandemic, obviously through my volunteer work and through my research, is internet addiction. And what are the aspects of internet addiction? So again, that's a whole different show. You don't have to be internet addicted to be an eye predator. No. Uh, can be. You don't have to be a psychopath to be uh, a, a, an eye predator, but you can be. Yeah. Real quickly, I just, because I love to talk about it and I really like yeah. to provoke those internet trolls out there who maybe want to think. <laughs> I don't know why. But I'm was, okay with that. <laughs> there was a study back in 2014, okay, done by the University of Manitoba. And again, this is somewhat addressing the psychopathy. The University of Manitoba did a study back in 2014, and they did a huge study on internet trolls. And what did they find? The dark tetrad. And what they found and what they concluded is that internet trolls were at a much higher rate. Let me see if I get them of being sadistic, narcissistic, Machiavellian, and psychopathic. Okay. I can see that. Internet trolls were at much, much higher rates of having those personality characteristics, not psychopaths, but being psychopathic, big difference. Mm -hmm. So as we can see, internet trolls, for those of you that, can, you know, that watch us, I hate to say it, you're pathetic. <laughs> Do you see any light in the future at all for like, is, are, is, Sometimes it's hard. I mean, there there is a lot of wonderful people out there, and is and which give us hope for, for hope for the future. Future, but with 
the laws and, and what we see in politics and all this ugliness, do you see where the online accountability for criminal online criminal behavior might improve? I'm hoping, I mean, what we're, doing, what we're doing right now, I'm hoping eventually, you know, it, it, it's proactive individuals talking about yeah. it more, calling for action. Again, we act as if we live in a pre-information age world. Now, we know the, the internet, the information age began somewhere, well, they say the, the information age began somewhere in the late 70s. The birth of the internet, I believe, is actually 1983. So we are 40 years plus, 45 years plus in a period of history. And that's going to continue, what I believe, for centuries to come. The next, uh, uh, the evolution and the maturation of the information age, which we're just experiencing, we're putting, sticking our toe in the water but Debbie, you give it 50 years from now. We'll wait till you see what you and I are going to be long. Yeah, about. it's going to be amazing. Is virtual reality and artificial intelligence. <laughs> Those two aspects are going in the next century, the next two centuries are going to absolutely change the nature of the human condition. Virtual reality, artificial intelligence. You and I will be long gone when that comes around. Yeah. And then the other thing, if they... <laughs> Well, they'll have the ability. They're going to look back on our cheesy little shows like what we're doing today. <laughs> oh, my God. And they're going to laugh. Oh, my God. How primitive and archaic were these idiots? Oh, my God. <laughs> true that. True that. Now, you mentioned that out of your – when you were classifying the iPredators that uh, you listed a, the terrorists, cyber terrorists, as one of them. I kind of think they're all cyber terrorists. Maybe not the guy that trolls your your Facebook feed because he's just trying to get a rise out of you, but but the rest of them who are so vile and almost criminal behavior, uh, those I would call terrorists. I call I call them cyber terrorists. Well, okay. Them. Well, my again, there are different. But then you know, or am I wrong? No, no, there's to terrorize, you know, to, to terrorize another individual, you could say cyber terrorizing, but from my typology of a cyber terrorist, okay, that is the right. one of the eight, a cyber terrorist, we know what terrorists are, but a cyber terrorist, and by the grace of God, we have yet to see it actually happen yet, hopefully I don't see it in my lifetime either, but a cyber yeah. terrorist is using information technology to target a civilian population, non-combatants that lead to casualties, okay? So we have yet to experience that, and I'm hoping that we don't see that at any time in the near future. So the cyber terrorist, I get it. You know, yeah. is, to me, again, that's my definition, is an entirely different category. It is what we know as terrorists, but it's one that's using information technology to cause mass death of a civilian population. Yeah, I think that also sometimes we sugarcoat some of these labels uh, as well. And I think and we're seeing it in, in the media, particularly when we're describing, um, uh, you know, the fascists and the, and the white nationalists that are basically what, you know, they're homegrown terrorists. They're, 
call it what it is. They're terrorists, but they sugarcoat them and they don't call them terrorists. Correct. Even though they blow up cars and they blow up people. Um, so maybe if we get a little stronger with our wording and, and labeling people online, would that kind of help stop them? <laughs> yeah, a little bit. But if I may today, what I want to communicate, it, and again, you are correct, but the vast majority of online attacks, online abuse is between loved ones, is between work associates. Is mm. friends. So for your, your viewers, your listeners, it's understanding that the vast majority of iPredators, you know him or her. Okay, you're dealing with them on a daily basis. Now, in most in most times that it's your ex-husband, ex-wife, it is your ex-work associate, it is an ex-lover, it is somebody, you know, a disgruntled customer. There, but there is there's a connection. There is definitely a connection for the best. And this is not to say, <clears throat> excuse me, for instance, one of my six types of cyber stalkers. I call it the ghost cyber stalker. They're mm -hmm. rare, but these are individuals that use information technology, let's say social media, to target you, to inspire fear, and to make direct or direct, indirect threats of physical harm, but you don't know them. The mm -hmm. vast majority of offline stalking, the vast majority of cyber stalking is somebody that you know, but okay. only in the the information technology realm, can you have a ghost stalker? So essentially, I don't know where you live, but if I was a ghost cyber stalker, I could, you know, target Ms. Debbie, but yet I'm living somewhere in the United States and you don't know where I'm from. You don't know me and I'm undoing it. Why? <laughs> Maybe because I'm a psychopath. Maybe because I'm a sadist. And what do we, what is a sadistic person? a person who enjoys the harm they cause others. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No cyber stalker. So <clears throat> I think we should try and leave this on a, a somewhat <clears throat> light note in the sense that I know if there is one, when you are the target, I know what I did as a target. I mean, you do go through psycho physiological responses. You go through, Maybe we can talk a little bit about that first. I remember going through stages like shock and anger and depression, mm -hmm. and you really have to pull yourself out of that. Um, fortunately, I had a friend that helped me, and a cyber friend. <laughs> and so there are stages once you discover that you are this target uh, and this person is not letting up, uh, how... How would you guide somebody to um, kind of work through those emotions okay. to get to that healing side? Great question. Okay. Um, every same, for the last 10 years, as I said, when I volunteer, goodness, I don't know how many hundreds, a lot of people I, I think I've helped or at least tried to help. Um, the first thing for any of you who are targeted, it's first understanding is that it's real <laughs> and the fear that you're experiencing is real. And what I tell every individual, okay, is that your loved ones, your system, your husband, your wife, your coworkers, your siblings, your friends, they almost assuredly in the beginning stages, they're not going to believe you. They're either going to say you're being melodramatic, turn it off. Block What's your fault? It. 
It's your fault, more victim shaming, and they're not going to understand. So it's understanding that you're not going crazy and it's understanding that your loved ones, unfortunately, they're probably going to think you're being melodramatic and you know, you're suffering from a mental illness. So oh, just turn off the computer, it'll go away. Oh, uh, just want right, yeah. We live in the information, you know, information age. We are enveloped by information technology, and you're telling me to turn it off. Unfortunately, I can't tell you how many folks I've helped who have been told exactly that. Turn it off, block them. I mean, yeah. it's that's right. what the police told me to do. <laughs> so it's understanding that if you are cyber attacked, it's that the the and law enforcement, the court system, your loved ones in the beginning stages are made, they're either not going to believe you in a nutshell, they're going to minimize your experience. And what that feels like is that you're being re-victimized and in all intents and purposes, you are, it's called victim shaming. Mm -hmm. And then once you go through those emotions and you find a way, there are steps to take to kind of combat it without engaging with the um, cyber subhuman. Um, for me, I, I had a few like document everything. I found that even though I knew kind of going in that the police report was not going to go anywhere, it was the act of putting the case together and putting the screenshots together and filing it and going down to the police station, actually filing the physical report, getting a case number. Mm -hmm. To me, that was part of that healing process. If it helped me see it as it was real it was real to me even if nobody else believed me or everybody else thought it was my fault myself doing that and for the police accepting that case showed me that it was real to me and um even though it didn't go anywhere and i knew it wouldn't go anywhere so that's that was one step and you know and then of course you you can't engage can you because they like you say, they, they live for that moment. They live for your pain. And then also you, you have to find a way to push through it and carry on. And, and I think what pisses them off even more is that you just carry on as if they don't even exist. Exactly. So it is, again, I hate it's to not easy. Falling <laughs> on deaf ears, you know, again, now if it's actual criminal, if we're talking about online child pornography or mm -hmm. online child predators, that's a whole different story. But what we're addressing at this moment is what the vast majority of eye predators do, which is with children, the cyberbullying, the cyberstalking, the cyber harassment, and the trolling, the character assassination. It is filing a police report. It is understanding that your loved ones, not all of them, and hopefully that changes, we can change that. The vast majority are going to say, stop, block it, melodramatic. Uh, it's understanding that the majority of the people in your system are not going to be supportive. But what do you do? You continue to do it anyway. Now, you file a police report. Some people are going to feel good. That's wonderful that you felt good about yourself. I would say the majority of people that I have helped, 
Most of them fell, it, it fell on deaf ears. They didn't feel good about doing it, but I encouraged them and I said, you needed to do it anyway. You need to create a profile. You need to have essentially a dossier and you move forward. But the one thing that's very important for those of you that are ever cyber attacked is to be careful that you don't obsess. Okay. Mm. Now, it is much, it's very easy. I was targeted for over a year. And it wasn't until one of my psychologist friends had said to me, you know, Nooch, that's Nooch, that's my last name, Nooch, you got to chill out with this. Because for me, I was beginning to lose sleep. I was obsessing over being targeted. Now, me being a Nuccitelli Italian guy, I wanted to go, you know, get in my car, which I could have done, and but I didn't. But I was beginning to get to the point where I was losing sleep because of being cyber stalked and trolled online. Um, and here we are now, you know, and uh, life goes on, but it's, it's understanding if you're not careful, you can easily obsess. And as we know, when we become obsessive compulsive, we can move into other areas that are obsessional, such as drinking, smoking, eating, gambling, and on and on and on. So it's being very careful if you're being cyber attacked is to not obsess over it. Yeah. And, and own those feelings and, and thought it's hard. I mean, anybody who's watching this knows there's two people right now who've got your back. Um, we understand we've been through it and we know, we understand that you, it's real for you even if the people in your closest circles do not. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's not easy to push forward, but you kind of have to for your own sanity. And otherwise you might as you know, <laughs> I don't know what the solution is if you don't, but. Um, well, and, it's also I think, and it's good on the other side. And like, for me, I just thought, well, you know, and thanks to my friend, um, you know, she says, well, why don't you just start writing about it? And I thought, she's right. And I thought, go. I'm going to take, I'm going to write the process. And then as a result of that, that's how we met. And that was my process was writing and putting a book out there. I thought, screw that. I'm going to put it out there for what it is. And, uh, you know, this is what it is. And, and as I'm writing this book, I'm thinking, I'm not alone. There's other people who have gone through even worse stuff. Oh, I will be the first to testify right here and now. Again, volunteering. <laughs> uh, again, I've helped hundreds. I, I certainly not going to, but I know of thousands. Not that I've heard, but I've helped many. Uh, so I'm assuming there are thousands who have been attacked, and that's only going to grow with time. One of the things that you just talked about, which is very important, which is how do I protect my online pr uh, presence, my, my reputation online? Digital reputation as we go forward in the information age is going to be more important. I wish I could sit here today and say, ah, don't, you know, don't worry about your reputation. Don't worry about what's called digital reputation. But what we're learning is, and not that they're supposed to do it, is Colleges are now Googling your name when it comes to admission. 
potential employers, not that they're supposed to do it, are Googling your name and going two, three, four pages back to see what dirt they can find to see if you would be, you know, uh, a risky employee. It's understanding that you want to create an online presence. And it's also an online safety recommendation. But you can't get the stuff taken down and it's not going away. So that's why I'm saying is creating an online presence. And I'll just use a quick example to be very quick. Uh, Let's say, well, no, it's true. I love extra sharp cheddar cheese. I love, Miss Debbie, I love cheese. I love all kinds of cheese. Uh, I wish I could eat cheese every day, but as I'm aging, it turns out I cannot. Okay. (laughs) So because I love cheese, it's a hobby. So what I do is I have a blog and I talk about different cheeses and I post and I share different aspects of cheese in the file names. In the blog, I mention my name about cheese. Now, it takes a little while, but after a year or two, because I am posting educational factual content online, eventually all my cheese stuff, which is also Michael Nucitelli loves cheese, okay, starts (laughs) to populate and starts to page rank, okay? And as it page ranks, whether an individual potential employee clicks on images, puts my name in, okay? So I'm applying for a psychologist position and now, you know, they Google my name, well, they're not going to find out Dr. Nooch is a purported pedophile, as was done in the past, making those allegations. The best they can find out is Dr. Dr. Nuccitelli has an online safety uh, website. He's a psychologist. But goodness gracious, this guy, he really loves cheese. <laughs> maybe I, and maybe I'll try some brave boy. I've been thinking about that for the for the holidays. So it, it, it sets an entire different message out there. So now if that troll, if that disgruntled corporate, you know, uh, uh, customer, that ex-employee, whoever it may be, that adversary now begins to engage in what is disinformation. Now, what is disinformation, both offline and online? Disinformation campaigns is where I create, I intentionally and I knowingly create whether you want to call it fake news, false information, and I disseminate it with the total, the sole purpose of destroying your reputation. And that's what disinformation. But so me as a troll, as a disgruntled ex-employee, now it's going to take that much longer for it to page rank on Google, on, you know, Microsoft Edge, on, you know, whatever the search engine may do. It's now keeping it. And that's Unless that person is has dedicated a website to target you or a web page to target you and keeps updating the passwords so that they keep showing up. Well, you bring yeah. up a good point. My troll, yeah. uh, they found him deceased. <laughs> it's know, funny I, how they always use kids, like a kid thing to well, my discourage you. Troll, my troll was a 38-year-old supposed information security, but he purchased michaelnuccitelli.net. Oh, my God. 2017. I now own the domain. He is deceased. They found him deceased from what is called sudden sniffing uh, death syndrome. He was <laughs> a, a huffer. He would huff the computer cleaners. They found him deceased. But 
Prior to his, his death, he purchased michaelmuccitelli.net, set up a full website, actually tried to get my ex-wife on, on tape, spoke to my ex-wife's husband to try to get content about me. He wasn't successful, but also he created the post content that Dr. Nucitelli supports sexual exploitation of children. He put that out there. Now, because he owned michaelnucitelli.net, and even while I'm posting all my- Yeah, it keeps showing up. Which I do anyway, all of a sudden, that domain started to show up. Yeah. So that is why it's so important. For instance, <laughs> you know, another online safety tip, particularly if you have a concern of being targeted, whether whatever the hosting company is, is by your name, .co, .com, yeah. .net. So I, I, I own michaelnuchitelli.net, .com, .org, and .co. I mean, obviously, you don't need to go buy all the domains, but the big four, you certainly yeah. want to be able to purchase. If you have a very common name, John Smith, okay, you can't purchase johnsmith.com because there's a thousand John Smith. So what you do is when you create content that you're disseminating on Facebook, on Instagram, in the file name, you would put uh, John Smith hyphen Kenosha, Wisconsin, where you actually live to make it more identifiable. And by doing that with time, you, you create almost like a buffer to where a troll, a cyber stalker cannot just post anything. And now it shows up on the first page of Google. I love that. Thank you for that. And that is the perfect way to end this broadcast. And uh, I can't thank you enough. And I think that this is a topic that keeps need keep needs to be reshared and reshared because uh, so many people go through this, right? Oh, thank you. Well, unfortunately, I hate to say it is that you know the dark side of cyberspace continues to, however you want to use the metaphor, darker or it's yeah. it's expanding. It's I but if you it. use it for light, maybe you can kind of cushion down the the dark stuff so good to that, i think that was your message at the end <laughs> yes well the message is, is don't give me and i know we have to go information technology is wonderful the, yeah. the benefits far outweigh you know the detriments but if you are naive if you're ignorant if you don't practice basic online safety if you go online and you're mean and rageful <laughs> Karma uh, and what we yeah. know, karma is a uh, you know what goes around comes around. Yeah, I love karma. <laughs> <laughs> so do I. Thank you so much. Thank I appreciate you. you.